0: Welcome to Welcome Home Radio. The waters in the mortgage industry can be pretty muddy, whether it's investing, leasing, renting, home insurance, or myths and misconceptions. Welcome Home Radio has the answers for you, the consumer. And now, to help you make the right home buying decision for you and your family, here are your hosts...
1: and welcome to welcome home radio it is september 28th and as welcome home radio tries to educate homeowners and would-be homeowners on buying selling and maintaining your home we want to talk today about something that is demanded to be in any home with wireless web demand requirements tvs garage doors cameras everything is proliferated by wireless devices we wanted to have a great technology discussion. So, first off, I want to welcome Tom and Alan back. Thank you so much, guys, for being here. But I want to invite and welcome Josh Petrell with Calm Home Technologies. And of course, our own head monkey butt of KVGI Media, Mark. How are you doing, guys? Welcome.
2: Doing good. Thank you. Thanks right. for
1: being here. Now, I gotta tell you, I've got four kids huge demand on my wireless when they were going through high school and then college and and it was always interesting when they came home what's the new wireless i could i could what's the password what's this what's that we have grown in technology in our needs right i mean it is just demand upon demand i believe my own granddaughters we take away their wireless devices when they come to our house just cuz you know at age 8 they don't need that sort of thing right now they need to interact with each other but tell us what's going on in the home in the last 10 years from the demand of technology and how it's grown or what you see as the most important things
2: yeah i mean uh, the biggest thing is just the you know the demand for bandwidth i mean pretty much everything uh you know appliance base or home base or smart you know functionality requires a internet connection you know or a wireless connection within within your home so you know, what that does, that puts strain on, the, on your wireless environment that you have set up. And, you know, over the past 10 years, we've, we're kind of getting away from, you know, the the internet provider coming out, putting in their service, and then that device being able to supply the whole home with the wireless that they need. So a lot of it is just educating and understanding, you know, as your, as your environment grows, you need to be putting in the right equipment. So most of these homes that I'm going into today, they don't even realize they'll have about 25 to 40 devices connected that they don't even realize. And because, you know, you you start talking your doorbells, your lights, you know, your your speakers, your Sonos, your phones, your tablets. So, you know, all of that is connected and talking all the time. So other than just having all those devices that are connected to your Wi-Fi, there's also a security functionality around that. that, Hey, you know, what are these devices talking to? You know, What, what are they capable of talking to? You know, because they're in your home, so, and they're talking to other devices. So, that's a, the probably the biggest change over the past ten years is the amount of devices, and then the, kind of the need for a more robust solution to kind of secure, you know, the way you work, play, and you know, do all the other things you do with the internet.
1: At, Mark, I know you're in technology. You 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 deal with it every day. Um, what what are those things that are what we think about like appliances i I, when you said that i thought about those new smart refrigerators but these are always talking in the background we don't see them how does that impact the network and and allow our home to function the way we want it to because we keep tapping into that we take away a little bit more bandwidth this is a concern is it not have we lost mark no i'm here He's a little frozen up. He's a little frozen, <laughs> I think. It's cold up in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can y'all hear me? Yes, we can you know. fine. The picture's not good. Your right? camera's not
0: moving. Joshua, it's funny We're talking about all the bandwidth and stuff, and here we go. <laughs> and then the uh, irony. The irony. Yeah. <laughs> How Alexa, like, Alexa like, please bring Ed monkey yeah. butt back. Right. <laughs> I
1: want my phone home. <laughs> well, Josh, help, help us out here. What are the unique things that are doing? And again, like you said, things are talking in the background that most people don't know that they're continually to communicate like yep. a refrigerator. Is that right?
2: That is correct. And, and, you know, a lot of people, they just plug it up and they hook their Wi-Fi up, maybe the same Wi-Fi that they're using with their business, you know, laptop at home or working from home or their school. And, you know, the, the thing about that is, you know, who's making these devices? You know, one, now your refrigerator can talk out the Internet, but who's upgrading that refrigerator when there's a security vulnerability or something that comes out? You know, I don't I don't recall Samsung or LG calling me saying, hey, here's how you upgrade the firmware on your on your refrigerator. I don't even know how to log into my refrigerator. So there's a lot of that with consumer devices that are being put in the homes that, you know, one, they may not be updating and stuff like that. So there is security risk beyond that. And that's something that probably needs to be looked at. And, and you know, w- what we do is we put in we just put in, you know, a firewall or something that can actually detect if something is maliciously talking or, or doing something like that outside your home network. But With all that, you know, it it comes with costs. So you have to budget in getting the right equipment in your house. And, you know, a lot of homeowners, they just they still are just kind of uh, looking at the provider, the ISP internet provider to provide all those protections for them just because there's your router, modem, firewall box that can provide Wi-Fi. But it's really kind of growing into an environment where you need somebody to kind of look at that that knows what they're doing to, to kind of build it out right, secure it and just make it run right.
1: Can you research my refrigerator talking to me in the middle of the night, calling me
3: to go to it? (laughs) Right? No, that's a problem. That's a Tom problem. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, I just wanted to double check. I think
1: it's a Tom firmware problem. It needs to be updated.
3: Yeah, it's you need more hair. It's got a (laughs) virus.
1: (laughs) Tom, I I identify with that problem, okay? I do. I I identify didn't I? Because I gotta tell you, left. Leftovers equal Blair Midnight snack. I mean, <laughs> now yeah. one of the things that I find interesting that I'm very much against, and I my children's homes have it because my grandkids have, you know, it's so funny. My kid, my my kids order Alexa order extra diapers, order extra food, or well, all of a sudden they were getting three or four orders, and they found out my daughter was making orders, my granddaughter was making orders over Alexa, and it immediately went through but here's the other aspect that i as a as a grandfather am very concerned about i don't have alexa i don't talk to alexa i don't want to talk to alexa but does alexa listen into my conversations because i'm still hooked up and i you know what's going on in that house without us knowing it is that happening alexa, as well alexa wants to talk to you <laughs>
2: Why She only she only reacts if you ask her to, right? Why would she record if you didn't ask her to? So,
1: <laughs>
2: like this, Alexa, office off.
3: Okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. oh gosh, office on. There you go.
2: Okay. So that's another thing. I mean, you're when you when you let technology come to home out of convenience like that. I mean, you know, you you're basically opening it up to to that company's product of you know. Correct. Right you know, you read all their U laws. I'm sure there's something in there saying that there's potentially they're listening, they're listening all the time. And, you know, we just don't read that. We blindly sign things and say, okay, okay, we want it to work. Go, go, go. Now it's on. But, you know, most of the the, the house, or even down to your TVs these days, you know, um, they're putting cameras in these TVs that are looking right back at you as you're watching TV. I mean, and capturing the analytics of your face uh, and they're selling that data to the, the people making TV shows. So, I mean, there's you know, there's all kind of stuff, and a lot of it is when you when you're getting into these newer technologies and upgrading. You know, take the time read the read the fine print, and you, you'll know exactly what they're what they're doing and what they what they're capable of doing. Right. Well, that's part of can... the
0: problem. Nobody reads any fine print. That's true. <laughs> you know, it it's it's fine because they don't want you to read it anyway. So okay, the deal where I think it's buyer beware, and you are open your phone Alexa. The doorbell, the refrigerator, regardless if Tom's hungry or not. I mean, it's all there. Oh, Lord.
1: It's why I wear my COVID mask while I'm watching TV.
0: And <laughs> Josh, believe me, there's no technology in the world can fix that.
3: That's true. Right. So,
0: but, you know, it's, and then I read this morning credit card companies are going to have a code in there if you buy a, a gun. So that people can monitor what you buy on your credit card if you purchase a weapon they will know and that's you know there's no secrets anymore and i would think josh one of your biggest things i mean security's got to be out the gazoo for what you do right
2: yeah that's one of the main things we focus on especially with all our commercial clients and stuff i mean Down to just technology support services, it's really security in in the front that's leading the way, you know, Um, and that's how we like to lead. I came out of the Air Force building networks, so I'd rather have a safe and secured environment. gives me peace of mind and and kind of run like that. But 100 percent, I mean, it's it's really turned into an environment of security, not just, you know, IT. How fast can we get it? It's, It's how fast can we get it and also secure, you know, what we're what we're using within our households. I think the general public
0: and, what's the that general public has figured out how to use vpns finally i think
2: yes let's get in there which is a good thing i mean you know but i mean you're still even with the vpns you're still you know wanting the company that you're getting the vpn from to be an honest company too so it's really kind of who are you know what are the vendors are you that are you're bringing in your house are they trusted sources you know and other than that, I mean, we're all just kind of held by all the other appliances that are in there because they are they're taking data. I mean, that's how these companies make money these days. So I'm gonna use are,
0: an express they're, VPN.
2: They're, but they also use that data to you know make improvements to the things that we think we want to have
3: and Alexa doing for our life. Now, as a homeowner, I'm a little biased and it's Josh's fault. So I'm gonna blame it on him. Every everything that I've spent in the house that I'm in here in Michigan, it's Josh's fault. <laughs> uh, years ago, he got me involved in a product. I never heard of the product before. I've been in networks for many years. Um, and it was a product that was more commercialized and became into the home. And the product's Ubiquity. And he, I got into it because I had a problem at the time where I was always having to run this long wire in an environment where there's 50,000 people tied to a wireless network. And he came up with a product for me to do this wireless between the two that was secure and that I didn't have to run this 50 foot long wire in front of people all the time. And I loved the product. So then when I built my second studio, I went with all of its products, Ubiquity. Well, when I built this home, one thing that I realized in my last home when I was in Texas is I, I like wireless. Don't get me wrong. Wireless still today, I believe, is still not sufficient for most homeowners when it becomes the 50 to 60 devices that are connecting all the time. More specifically, the equipment that they buy. They buy the equipment because the name, because the product, it looks good in the packaging, but it may not be adequate enough for them to handle 40 or 50 devices. Great for two or three people, five or 10, but not when you're adding all your devices. The good thing about UI, which is ubiquity. Is what i ended up doing was josh taught me always put the groundwork in so i i cabled everything in this house now i went a little overboard you can do cat five you can do cat six i went with cat eight because i'm actually building a 10 gigabit network yeah and i wanted a fiber network so i built cat eight in the house and i went with not one but six ubiquity ui uh uh, in my four by four MIMO repeaters that are in the house. Now they're all on the same So You only have one Wi-Fi, but I've got them placed place because if you go to UI.com, one of its things that I loved about it was they have this thing where you can put your description of your house and everything in there by a picture. It can help you lay out where your Wi-Fi is. So I can have one in the bedroom, one on the other edge of the house. I can have one out in my garage. I can have one outside in the yard, but it has a solar panel on it and they're all going to connect to each other with only one Wi-Fi. that way, no matter where I go, no matter how much I roam, I got connections all the time and I don't have any brown spots, meaning that I don't have a dead spot somewhere between each one and UI has this pretty good built in platform. that tells you whether you got one too close or too far away. So I was able to do it just right to get them in there. Did it cost a little bit of money? Absolutely. But now I can go anywhere on my property within about three acres, And i have internet access where most people wouldn't have it so i went overboard i even bought the new dream machine that Mm -hmm. ui came out with because i wanted a new router i wanted something that had a better firewall i wanted something that has a little bit more security and because i'm using alexa uh, yes all over the place that i wanted to make sure that i can control alexa stop so she listens at everything right one important thing that I realized, and Josh said this earlier, when you have one Wi-Fi network and all your devices are connecting, there's a congestion. So if three people are trying to watch a video or trying to stream something on one and it's connected to one Wi-Fi repeater, it's going to get congested. Some some of them can do four or five at a time, depending on how much your bandwidth is. But what I found out about UI, if you have, let's say, well, I have five in the house. I can say all the stuff in the bedroom only connects to this Wi-Fi, this repeater, and not to the one over here in the kitchen. So I can segregate each one and say only those devices go there. It works out better for me because now I know what I can upgrade, what firmware updates need to happen. I know that that router or that repeater needs to be updated because it allows me to see those connections notification. Again, as a homeowner, I'm a little biased on it, but I've been with a lot of products before. I used to be with a couple of companies and they just aren't out there anymore. And when I tell people nowadays, first thing you do is wire your house. If you can wire a device, wire. it. If you want Wi-Fi, that's fine if you're going to be renting and things like that. But uh, if you can wire it, spend the extra money and have it wired. Because at the end of the day, having your connections directly connected, then you're not fighting each room, each TV, each device trying to fight over a wireless network. Use the wireless on your mobile devices. That's my opinion,
2: but you bring up a really good point too with the segmentation or segmentation. So when COVID hit, you know everybody started working from homes, going from home, doing all that stuff. So it really started getting heavy on phone calls. Uh, my my Wi-Fi's weak; it's not working. This and that. Well, a lot of the times, you know, it was oversaturation on, on the one Wi-Fi channel. You know that they were on. So basically what we started doing is going and doing exactly what Mark says, segmenting the network. So we would go in and say, out out of a security, we would put all your appliances on on one network. And then it would even be a hidden network. So you just couldn't see it. Uh, We would have a network for the kids. So you, you want to talk about parental control. Imagine being able to turn that Internet off and not affecting your Internet. So. You know there's a, a good way of kind of introducing uh you know your youngsters to the internet you know through parental controls content filtering so you actually are giving them you know that outside connectivity but you're also kind of safely guarding it as they're introduced to that that worldwide web um businesses you know if you're work from home you know you loved it when your kids came home from school started getting on those video games and knocking you off your, your vpn connection and stuff so We're able to go in there, segment that network and actually prioritize the connections like your business connections or your streaming connections, you know, or, you know, when the, when the Xbox starts, needs to go down, you know, turning it down. So that's a, that's a big thing that we're starting to see in homes now is actually going in there and you're really just setting up real networks in their house.
0: Um, When you say you can go in there and segment, are you talking about with existing systems or you bringing in new systems?
2: Um, well, I mean, if you have a system that can support that kind of segmentation, a lot of your newer wireless equipment can do that. Um, even some of the like off-the-shelf stuff from Best Buy. But uh, they'll have those kind of capabilities to be able to segment uh, different networks within there. But kind of with the platform that Marks is talking about, the, the uh, Ubiquity platform, it's kind of that they're building into an enterprise product but been in kind of the business world. So they have all those features and functionalities of, Securing a small business, kind of built into that at a consumer grade price. So,
0: and what what about the people that have like the, the Verizon is a huge company, right? IG and the
3: <laughs> He must have Verizon. <laughs> Sorry, Alan, you cut out.
0: What was the question, Alan?
3: With the Verizon
0: five G people, I see a lot of that nowadays. Is that any good, or is that uh, no good, or what?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of argument around five G. The way five G works, it, it's really because so it's it's a cellular type broadcast signal. So it's really heavily dependent on antenna placement. So five G is it robust in the areas that they're they're putting it in? Yes, it's it's a strong service. Um, will it be? you know, put out throughout the whole nation, I think it's going to have a long time for you start seeing it in rural areas. Uh, so 5G in certain locations is probably going to be a good way to go, like in your metro areas and all that, but it'll be a while before you see it kind of span out to, you know, your your, your suburbs and your rural areas. So, Yeah, absolutely. And, and the antenna placement on those are crazy. I mean, you have to have so many antennas, and that's the whole thing about that solar technology. Every time they come out with a new G, it just means more antennas closer to you
3: Yep. yeah and i'm in one of those rural areas mm-hmm. Alan. that the uh, being 15 miles away from town the nearest tower for to me is seven miles and i barely get one bar lte sometimes i get cell coverage sometimes i don't and it's a 5g but i don't get 5g unless i'm within three miles so you know it's i can't even have that out here that's that michigan 1g right yep well <laughs> It's funny because it feels like I'm at 3G. Because you know, it says four four LTE and it shows one bar, but it crawls. And I have to go outside somewhere in the field an acre away from the house, and I can get two bars, and then it's then it's I got some pretty decent speed. That's why I built the Wi-Fi network to expand so that I because my problem was when I first built this, Josh sold me on the UI stuff, but I never really set it up professionally, uh, except for the business that I was back in in Frisco, Texas, when we did Cave of Jow Radio. But that's a small environment. That was a 1,000 square feet, and it was a really small environment. We just had a couple of them. Here, I was like, if I'm outside and I'm mowing five acres, how do I get Wi-Fi out there? Well, the only way to do that was to build a network that allowed me to do that.
0: Can't you just put an antenna on top of your snowplow, and you're good to go everywhere?
3: Oh, uh, yeah. Wish you could, but. I had to put in another battery and solar panel in there and Wi Fi and it has to roam with me. Yeah, that would still be Josh's fault.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Poor Josh. Oh,
3: Elon. Right? Well, so, and it's, it, go ahead.
1: Well, the question I, I guess I want to get back to is whether you're an existing homeowner or a potential buyer of a home. What steps do we need to take to realize where we're at, to get a baseline? Is there something we can do, or do we need to have you come out, Josh, do an evaluation? Uh, because, yeah, we I, I mean, I live in a home now with only me and my wife, but we probably both have at least three devices, our iPad, our iPhone, our computers. But then I also have a camera hooked up to that, two cameras. Um, and then, of course, my, my television, my, my Roku, I guess it's called. Um, what, what, what can we do to evaluate what I need to do to make it better for my family?
2: So the, the, the quickest things that I've seen, and it, it typically when I walk into most homes, this is, this is what I walk into. The provider has brought in the, the modem or the, the routing device that provides the Wi-Fi. And they either go stick it in the, the the closet in the master bedroom behind some wall or some corner office, and so the the whole household is is basically trying to work off this one device, which you know AT and T or Verizon spent the cheapest amount of money to to get that hardware out there, and so it's not really adequate for the type of wireless you're looking for. So what you do is basically, and you can even look at beyond you know, uh, ubiquity you know the, these mesh solutions that you're hearing about people putting these wireless devices all over the house the the problem with the mesh solutions is everybody hooks it up and then they go put these little nodes all around the house thinking that now they're going to have great wi-fi the key to making these the mesh ones really work is to have more than one hardwired you know from the router so you'll have one by the router hardwired but you may want to have one across across the house so in, in some cases you might have to have a, a cat five or cat six cable ran in most cases, depending if you if your home's built probably 2010 or above, there's a good chance that your telephone wire is already cat five wire. and would just need to be reconverted. So you can use some of those outlets, but that would just take kind of a site survey, take a look at what you got. But the quickest fix for these wireless issues is to actually just put a couple wireless access points out within the home environment and kind of take the load off the, the, you know, the Wi-Fi router that the the pro- providers provided. Or if you're using your own router, you know, branching off and a- adding a couple access points throughout the home to propagate that Wi-Fi.
0: So you're yeah. talking about extenders when you say that? Correct. Yeah, they call
2: them extenders, mesh repeaters and all that. And, they, you know, they're kind of, if they're not used right, they're really just kind of junk. You know, you don't get a good experience from them. In my my opinion, if you're going to put a device out, you try to put a hardwire to it. Because if that device is giving you Wi Fi and you can put a hardwire to it, you're going to have your best experience off that.
3: Yeah. Josh is 100% right. I've got five in the house that are hardwired that are using PoE, which is power over Ethernet. So I don't have to run separate power to them. My sixth one outside is wireless to the mesh, though, because I, I would have to run a 250 foot wire out there and you probably Um, notice
2: that you get half your speed off that ap
3: yep if i most of the inside i can get 100 megabits on the download side and and 20 on the up when i'm out there i get like five and five
2: so what what happens with these repeaters and these mesh devices they work they'll give you a wireless signal but what happens is the more repeaters you put in place the more they're piggybacking off each other it cuts the bandwidth in half every time so that will also cut and then if you got multiple devices connected to that one, it's also cutting the bandwidth in half right. per device because wireless is like a pie. The more people on it, the more slices of the pie you're eating. Up. Yeah.
3: And so, for me, I think the bad part about having extenders is, and Josh mentioned this real briefly, if you have, let's say, three of them in your house, each one of them has got a device name. So as you're rotating around and roaming in your house, it's going to go to that nearest Wi Fi extender that it can get a connection for. You will have some loss of internet time. It's, it's very negligible, but it's there. Whether, but if you have a mesh network and it's set correctly, then you're roaming. No matter where you go, no matter what you're doing. If you segregate it and get them separated, get them wired correctly, then you're going to have, for the most part, a good 99% uptime having connectivity to your internet. Your internet's going to be your only bottleneck if you do it right. And then you're only having one Wi-Fi, one one Wi-Fi password. Josh talked about having a hidden stuff. But here's my question to the three of you guys above us, all this network that Josh would be putting in and in the experience that I may have on this, none of that comes back to the real estate part, or am I wrong? Because if I put $10,000 worth of network in my house, it's not going to increase the value of my house. It may help one homeowner or two to know that the house has been wired for network, but it doesn't raise the value of it or does it?
0: Well, value is an individual thing in this. Um, I've had people, I've helped them buy new construction in the past, and one of the first things out of their mouth is I have kids and we game. And so, of course, with the builder, a lot of them, like Josh said, they're pre-wiring now and, or whatever you call it. I don't even know if you call it wires or whatever, but they're, they're putting stuff in walls now that they didn't used to put. And so that's a big deal to some people. Others could care less it's not a value it's who cares you know I'm sick of my phone I hate even getting on that there's a lot of that too so I think in general um you know kids are hard on the internet but they're nowadays as old as you know I think a lot of the millennial generation grew up on it and then the generation after them it's big time and it's all getting better smarter I mean now it's on ESPN right gaming I mean it's 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 billions of dollars if you look it up. These people right. are playing for money worldwide. So in that situation, somebody in that scenario, it's a call to Josh, like, boom, I need you, brother. We're, we're not good here. But others, no. And can D.R. Horton say this house is $50,000 more because you got a cat five or six, seven, or you live out in the boonies and you got a cat eight? Uh, uh-uh. uh.
3: Well, I spent yeah. the right money for me. That's what there it all comes to. That's the right yeah. thing that matters. Right. Yeah.
1: Yep. Well, this is yeah. the good, bad, and the ugly. Josh, as we open up with more repeaters, expanding our wireless, we're also opening ourselves up to attacks, digital attacks. That, I mean, I, I'm the guy that doesn't bank on his phone because I don't want to have anybody taking it off of in a restaurant or somebody, information off my phone, I'm that sort of person. What is the bad of this in expanding and allowing this access? Unless you're truly VPN, unless you're really giving good passwords and you're not using the same ones over and over and over again. I mean, give us the insight that we have where we have people too connected. Is there ever an opportunity that we're too connected?
2: I mean, I definitely I think we're too connected, you know, as a society these days. But, um, you know, honestly, with the security, it's kind of what you said, you know, it, it, if you have good password posture, you're up in your passwords, you don't spread them out all your accounts. It really comes down to the user at that point. You know, if you if you're online all the time on your computers and, and you don't have the responsibility to, to not click on just any email you get saying that you want a $50 gift card, you know, that's kind of on you these days with all the cyber stuff that's out there. So uh, a lot of these devices, your Androids, your Apples, they're, they're built with a certain level of security in them, you know, to not compromise their platform, but at the end of the day, you know, you, the security posture is really on the user at that point. You know, what, if, what are you doing online? What are you searching for? What are you clicking on, you know? Um, and then in, you know, and if you, if you have a very connected house, maybe put a firewall in place. That's maybe, you know, blocking some of this traffic and not letting you go to, you know, unwanted sites, you know, Um, content, uh, you know, web content, uh, content filtering, some of the stuff that you're looking at to say, hey, maybe we, we block those sites and let you look at these sites. So that's really kind of what you get at. you know, when you start looking at a connected environment is maybe put a little bit more layers of defense and controls in place to kind of keep the unwanted out.
1: Because I don't think we understand how much just by our own mobile phones going into a Starbucks and somebody taking, whether it be our credit cards because of the the chip Mm
0: -hmm. or
1: our phones are open to when we access that VPN locally. Um, I mean, there's so many people that are in Starbucks with laptops open, ready to do nefarious acts, as I would put it. Um, It, it, it. Our society is very unique in that we want to have all the great technology, but we don't understand the risks that come with that, in my opinion. Am yep. I correct, wrong?
2: Yeah, and companies like Starbucks, I mean, they, they've built, engineered their wireless to kind of be a little bit more safer. Like somebody can't see your device, like they kind of block the ability. It's almost like you connect and you just talk to the Internet but you don't know that for all the other environments you go into a restaurant, you don't know if they just set up some router in the back with a open password and you, know, you got somebody scanning, you know, anybody who comes in and connect. So, um, personally, I always just connect to my, my mobile device as, as my internet, you know, even if I'm in a coffee shop or whatnot, just because I run an IT company and clients, I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't, I'd rather know that I'm on one connection all the time and the stuff I'm viewing, you know, that's the only, uh, fault that I would have so it is
0: interesting I know with the VPN I use VPN Express and you can pick cities or countries you want to be hooked up to and you know if I do Washington DC it's ridiculous it takes about eight seconds for me to get an ad from Washington DC about you know the car or the where to buy this now it's still stuff I like to buy but so but it's interesting to me the more we want access to the world as fast as possible it just it's just saying, come on in, Yeah, you know, that's what it's all about. And I don't know if it's avoidable. I mean, I got my identity stolen, you know, it's, I don't know how, but it's just a matter of time. I mean, it's just, everybody's out there.
2: I mean, that's why they got, that's why they got identity insurance now because they've realized it's part of the environment that can't be stopped, you know, especially outside the United States. I mean, that's where it's all coming from. So,
1: well, Alan wanted his identity stolen because everybody wants to be Alan. Oh.
3: <laughs>
0: it is interesting, people. It is a, it's funny how when you think it can't happen to me. And I, I, a good friend in the FBI says, just a matter of time, not, not if, it's when. Yep. You'll be targeted. You'll be down. You'll be out. And it's, it's, It was not a good experience at all.
2: Well, that's also why it's important also to, you know, as they say, have, you know, very complex passwords, have different passwords. What I've gotten accustomed to from a personal level is, you know, I went ahead and got one of those password managers. I use one called LastPass, but there's a few of them. But basically, you just create an obnoxiously long password for that one password. You have to remember, make it a, a sentence, a song, you know, something like that. You only have to remember one, but now you can just auto-generate random, crazy passwords, turn on your multi-form authentication. You know, if you're doing any kind of banking or anything that gives you the option to say, hey, you know, send a code to my cell phone too. You know, that's, those are just a few things that are, that you know, are pretty crucial in today's society that will help you kind of prevent, you know, identity theft.
0: You've know, you got you to do two-step on everything.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've even got it on my credit cards where if like a, you know, a dollar spent, I get an alert saying that, you know, some credit card has been used just to know that, you know, is my credit card being used when I'm not, when it's not supposed to.
3: Well, and that's, that goes even beyond network. I mean, Mm -hmm. most of your credit card companies have notifications. Most people turn them all off, but you should turn them on. You should have it turned on where it notifies you. I use RoboForm anywhere, similar to Josh's um, ideal program. It allows me to save and create and, and put things in a secure area where only I know and it's there. And if you forget your own password of the program, it actually deletes it, um, after the second in- install of it. So, you know, that's just being smart with your technology. You, uh, Josh said it earlier. The one thing that people still do is they click on emails, they click on everything. And uh, if your computer is not protected, your Wi-Fi is not protected, your, your hardware and your firewall is not protected, then yeah, you're subject to get clicked on anything. Um, you got to you got to realize the one thing that we're all talking about for technology. And Josh sees this all the time. There's companies that have to advertise and they're finding other ways to advertise outside of you getting what you think you want. you you can look at facebook for example they're now putting suggested ads for you because they're having a hard time selling ads so they just they're just trying to get advertisers out there well josh talked about cameras and tvs yeah it's the same thing they're trying to figure out more analytics more data that they can throw at more companies to figure out what you like what you're doing what's your expression when you're doing it and most a lot of people don't know But you can turn those things off. You just have to be smart with your device. Josh said this about refrigerators. You can set up notifications, but most people don't. They just get it, they put it in there, and all of a sudden, their microwave, their stove, their refrigerator, their coffee maker, it's all connected. But then when there's a big breach, somebody can get in, and this has happened before, on your microwave. That's the one insecure area in your network, and somebody can see that. And then, boom, they're in your network because you've had one device that wasn't secure. Refrigerators are notorious for that. It's hey, just- Josh, I got a quick question. Most
0: people do the browser, save their passwords on the browsers. I think probably 95% of America does that. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Chrome's gotten better at it,
3: but not not perfect.
2: Yeah, in my honest opinion, I wouldn't do it. But I'm I'm just not a big fan of Google because their business model is to sell, sell, sell. So... Um, you know, it, Chrome and stuff probably you know, you'd be a little safe with that, but uh, I don't store them in the browsers. I don't trust them, so yeah, I don't either. But I mean, it, I I know people that do it as well. So as long as you're using a good secure browser and it's up to date, that that's what I, you know. Make sure it's always up to date and stuff. And but beyond yeah. that, you know, even even with these password managers, it's kind of at your own risk. I mean. They've been hacked, too. So I know, you know, these big password repositories, they're getting hit all the times in cyber attacks as well. So, you know, but kind of like what Mark said with the ones that we're using, uh, if you don't know that master password and you get into it, you can hack it a bunch of times and it'll just it'll just go away. And you'll just have to go through the process of resetting all your passwords yeah. and finding another one manually. So the browser one kind of kind of scares me somebody actually gets onto your computer and has access to your browser while you're logged in. Now they got access to all your passwords. You might
3: as well just give them your password.
2: So the good thing with mine is, I mean, if I shut all my browsers off and all this and that, if I could even shut my password manager off and if they got into my computer, update, loaded the browser, they would actually have to log into my password manager to use it. So
3: yeah, it's funny. You're mentioning that because just recently I was traveling and I was in Ohio at a hotel and somebody was VPN to their own desktop computer at their office. And I got down the computer and Joe and I are sitting there going, what the heck, what is this? And I'm clicking around surfing. And when I finally realized that there was a window opened up, I was on somebody else's computer, not on the actual computer there through the internet. And it finally got terminated because I was searching sites and you know, the guy had it connected. So then all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute. Oh, shoot. Somebody, so that's just people not paying attention. I yeah. had access to everything.
2: I'm sure you would
3: have that. Oh, yeah. Well, they caught me because they they terminated it somehow or another. I was searching on the browser and doing certain things. Who were you we were searching, lo- Mark? We were looking up toy stuff for um, the playgrounds we were putting in, which had nothing to do with the company, you know. But I was probably doing some heavy searching, too, showing we were watching a couple of YouTube videos and I was like, why is it so sluggish? But I wasn't paying attention either. I wasn't paying attention that there was a little square box around the screen. So that happens well,
1: all the time. Let's uh let's we've taken in security and we've talked about some of the good and the bad, but let's go into the phone the home access, the home solutions that are out there that are good use for families that they don't know that they're out there, whether it be like garage door lifting, remote open and close. Uh you know, what are those solutions that home people should be aware of that are convenient that are possibly adding value.
2: I'll tell you one of the best ones I could, I have is my sprinkler system. So I have a, a Rachio uh, sprinkler controller that you know, uh, especially during these Texas summer heat. You know, I was able to water my lawn you know remotely from anywhere. So if I was traveling and I knew it was going to be hot a few days, I could run my my sprinklers. Uh, so, I mean, you, you don't have to go to the controller and change scheduling. So, if we go into a drought situation, you just update it. If it rains, you know, basically it doesn't water and it lets you know. So, that's one of the, the little smart controller devices that, that I've really liked, you know, within the home. Uh, some of the other ones I use, you know, some of the little light boxes and TVs. So, there are a lot of convenience with some of the smart devices you can be putting in your home.
3: Uh, yeah, I
0: like those little ones you put behind the couch. Yeah. So you just get on your phone and turn on your light or whatever. Yeah. Can't reach. I, I, uh,
3: I use uh, I forget, different products, but the app that I use probably is called Smart Life. Um, it uses a lot of the devices, but I like Josh's idea for sprinkler. I, I Adam have to work on. But we're in a situation where we're in a rural area, so I use Brilliant Tech, which is uh, does light switches. And because there are times when you're coming home and you got a driveway that's a quarter mile long, it's dark as heck. forget to turn the porch light on or the shed light Well, you can turn those things on prior to that through a cell connection just as long as you got your network connected so for me my house is totally digitally connected but it's what i what i moved here to do when i decided to do it i just went all in and said okay i want every room to be connected i want to be able to turn on anything and everything by just talking to i can't say her name so we just call it a (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, there's a lot of times we're talking and we'll say something and she starts playing things. So we just call her, Hey, <laughs> all the time, unless we're actually talking to her. But you can smart up your home too,
2: without having to go
3: full bore and putting you know, oh,
2: yeah. in there. So with mine, I don't, you know, I personally, I don't like Alexa in my house either. So what I did is, you know, I just make sure that these, the controllers that I'm put in, like, so with my lighting outside, I make sure it has scheduling. So, you know, every night at 6 o'clock, my outdoor back patio lights come on. So I got it to where it's all smart, but it's all set it and forget it smart based off kind of how I want it to work.
3: Yeah, yeah, the same way. I do the same thing now with Brilliant Tech. But there have been a few times where we've come in the back area and we don't have that on a schedule and it's dark as heck and you're trying to pull in groceries where you can just go ding, ding. Now the light's on before you can get to the house.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I use Casa, but... I changed um, my Alexa to Star Trek. It, I call it computer.
3: I did the uh, Samuel L. Jackson for a little bit, and it was kind of. <laughs> it was kind of. Um, yeah, you have to. You have to experience it. Yeah, it's kind of different. But
1: what what else do we want to share with homeowners, Josh? What do you think is important?
2: Hey, well, so cameras. So that's a, a another big thing that I'm seeing a lot of homeowners incorporate is security cameras. You know, from your doorbell cameras to you know cameras around the environment that alert you if somebody's at the door coming in your driveway. So that's another thing I'm seeing a big push on is is cameras being put in the environment so much so that you know you can't even buy cameras from that ubiquity company right now because they're just so sold out. They're behind, yeah. Um, but uh, that's another big thing that I'm seeing within environments is is a lot of people are, because now you're able to use Wi-Fi cameras, and you know and th- there's a big thing around that. Do you want to when you're putting in camera solutions, do you want all Wi-Fi cameras, or do you, you know, can you afford to get some wired cameras? So that's another thing we run into when we're doing these home uh, installations is one we're usually making the wireless more robust, but the other part of it is putting in some security enhancements like cameras. Some access controls, some door features, doorbell cameras, and whatnot. Nice. Yeah.
3: And I would agree with that. I've done the same thing with a few cameras. You can do all, all kinds of different options on those, but being a little biased, I would say wire in everything you can wire in, wire it. If you, yeah. and and we talked about segregation earlier, cameras is a huge, a huge thing. You know, we we're talking about Zoom thing in 2020 when COVID hit, right? Everybody was tied to one device and it became a Wi Fi slow. Well, when you, start tying in eight, ten cameras into a system, they, if you wonder, why is my Wi-Fi a little slower? Why is it every time I get to a video, the video just kind of crawls up on the screen. You're already tying into your network with all the cameras that are 24-7 live streaming internally on your network, not just what's going external.
0: You know, Mark, totally. you said something about real estate and the connection. I'm telling you, when you show a house now, conversation I have with all my buyer clients before I walk in is, you're probably being recorded. Yeah. Either video video wise or audio at least. So um, enjoy, you know, we'll look at what we need to look at. Enjoy yourself. Just be aware of your surroundings when you're talking to your husband about you never know. price features, issues, and it is really a big deal. I'd say probably fifty percent of the homes at least.
3: hmm Yeah uh, I agree fine. with that not
0: surprised my question to, to josh is that uh
1: expectation wise you know if we if one of our listeners called you uh, tell me about costs. tell me about what you would do for evaluating the home
2: i mean one evaluate what the problem is try to figure out what the core issue you know is it an internet problem is it just a wireless propagation problem is it not enough equipment problem And then from there, you know, make some suggestions, you know, it's not all, it's not a one size fits all solution. So depending on size of house, what it's constructed of all of that jazz and you know, what kind of provider can deliver bandwidth, you know, some people are fortunate enough to get fiber delivered to their house. And, you know, there's probably some people in this world that can barely get a good DSL connection. So that'll make a big difference in your experience as well. So it's really just evaluating kind of what you have at your hands. Like what can I get for a provider? And then, what do I have as far as equipment to put in the home? And it can, you know, it can typically scale from a decent wireless type deployment network. You know, probably anywhere from a, you know, a hundred dollars to you know, five hundred dollars, depending on size of home and, and how much equipment. So.
1: And you, you know. do that as a service. You you make those evaluations. Yes, sir. Okay. Yep.
2: We'll come out there and we can even do a lot of the stuff remotely. So if somebody gives me a, a general, hey, what's the square footage of your home? How many stories? Where is the IT equipment currently housed? I can give them kind of an idea of a budgetary number of what it's going to take to get them where they need to be.
3: But okay.
2: mostly it's getting on site, understanding their environment. And then usually it's a couple of APs and you never hear from them again. I tell everybody it's a bad business model once you fix their home Wi-Fi because then they never call you. <laughs> job well done
1: <laughs> they love you
2: yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> they say nice things about you forever yeah <laughs> I mean, that's true they tell friends and that's how we've been able to build the business is you know you, yeah. do, you get in somebody's home and you earn their trust in their home and you do a good job they're going to tell yeah. other people around and
3: well and it goes back back and forth josh because you get customers that are commercial hey would you come home and do my home now yeah. Right. And then just the opposite. Hey, I if I get you in my business, would you come and help me in my business? Yeah. Exactly.
2: That's why I told everybody, like, you know, if you've got a computer in front of you, you're one of my clients. So that's whether you're at home, the office or wherever we can support you.
1: Well, how can they get a hold of you, Josh, if they wanted to call?
2: Uh, if they wanted to call, they could uh, they could actually reach out to me direct uh, 214-709-6369. Or they can just uh, shoot me an email, uh, J Futrell, and that's J F F as in Frank, U T R E L L at Comhome Networks.com.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I think it's been very informative for people, and hopefully others will join us uh, in and taking this. You can find us on welcomehomeradio.net, along with about 13 other uh, blogs, vlogs, all that other Spotify situation there. So I just wanna thank y'all so much. Head Monkey Bud, it's great to see you here. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for I'm Blair you. Thomas. I'm Tom Holm.
2: I'm, I'm Alan Pace. God bless. Thank y'all. See ya.